whether you eat or drink. Whatever you do. 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 Or whatever you do. Do all to the glory of God. Welcome to Whatever You Do. I'm Danny. And I'm Abby. We're just best friends trying to figure out how to bring glory to God in whatever you do. go ahead and apologize now for last week's episode we don't even we don't want to listen to it we haven't listened we know it was a little bit of a train wreck i told him when i was titling it in bed falling asleep i was like i'm almost tempted to just delete this because i don't even know what we talked about i was i was literally actively falling asleep (laughs) As you're talking. Did you title it episode 61 like we talked about? No. I titled it something which... (laughs) I titled it something which made it sound really interesting. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Which probably just set people up for... Even more. Big fails. I think I said like... I think I titled it... Let me look. The one where we're incoherent... It was rights and personal responsibilities, which makes it sound like we talked about this really well. And we were really... On it, but Mm. it was bad. So, I don't know what we said. I was asleep most of it. Yeah, I was really... So, we we barely... I think we could talk about rights and personal responsibilities now, but that episode is probably should be renamed because (laughs) it is not what we talked about. The one you shouldn't waste your time listening to would be a better title. I'll just change it to episode 61. That's, I, when you suggested that that was going to be the name, I was really on board for that. (laughs) Yeah, it was bad. So, sorry about that. But, here we are, feeling much more fresh and alive. A lot more fresh. Yes. And it's a Thursday night, which is... We're both dressed. Yeah. In real clothing. It, Danny's really throwing me off, though. She has a top knot bun. We need to take a picture bun. of this. And, well, you took a picture for last week's episode, but then I d- couldn't even post it because I didn't want to share last week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> Is that when we took a picture? Yes. And you I said, like, two weeks ago? no. It was... Yeah. We took the picture two weeks ago. Oh. When wow. we didn't end up getting the registered. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> the computer turned us off. Yeah. We are really been striking out. Danny's really throwing me off, though, because she has a top knot bun, and I've never seen her in a top knot bun, so I'm struggling to even, Here like... I am. With my talk to now. her about it. It just looks so different. So. I feel great about it. Yeah. I mean, it looks cute. I'm it's really just hot not... I'm not sure how cute it actually looks. Yeah. I love top knot buns. Well, Apparently, Chip doesn't, but... Chip does not like top knot buns. You don't have to see it, Chip. Top knot bun. <laughs> top knot <laughs> Um, I think yes, it's cute. That's all right. It's got some. It's not like a perfect I, top. It's not like I. Well, we will have to retake a picture to tonight. Presentable it only like, so we can showcase your top knot bun. I um, I'm having that like postpartum time where your side birds grow. Do you talking about? Yes, but our listeners don't. Because you, you know how like share share that picture. You know when you get that like baby hair growth, but like on your sideburns. (laughs) It's real, real cute. I'll make sure we show you one baby. I can't remember which one it was. I don't even know if I have any picture evidence to go back to because it was really horrifying for me. 
but my sideburns grew in like really, really far down and really, really thick. Oh. To the point that I shaved them. <laughs> oh. Because I didn't know what else to do. And I was <laughs> nervous to shave them because I was like, what if they come in even like thicker and more abundant after I do this? Yeah. But they were like, oh, apparently I set a timer. <laughs> <laughs> saw my phone counting down. I'm, I'm checking out my sideburns as I'm describing this. In your Abby. phone camera. Then I I guess there's some automatic feature that. I wonder how cute that picture is. Strikes up a. Oh, <laughs> really cute. These are so special. Look at this one. <laughs> I gave Deke my phone today to take pictures. <laughs> and the dog like trying to get away but there's no face well my lips <laughs> chin made it made the cut oh dear well looks like your dog is dead in that picture but there's also like 15 pictures oh, oh. <laughs> look at my cellulite <laughs> this whole episode we're just gonna go through Danny's phone picture. have to post like 20 pictures for people that even know what we're talking about Oh dear. Well, okay. this one, if I cropped it, <laughs> would look like I was sitting on the toilet. <laughs> okay, well, the. <laughs> Crafting makes it worse. <laughs> we're doing one of the <laughs> podcaster things. I know, but you know what? It is what it is. So, here we are. We're back. Uh-huh. Um, sorry about last week. Sorry um, about right now. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> How was your week? Uh, what day is it? Um, uh, Thursday. It's been great. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't even know. You guys, okay. <clears throat> one minute we're like selling all of our property and moving <laughs> to the wilderness to start a chicken farm, apparently. Something, and then next minute we're remodeling our house, and I don't know. I don't even know what's going on in life, and I don't know what. Am well, I supposed to be trying to stock up? Am I supposed to be trying to de- save money? Detoxify my house? Are we supposed to be trying to like save cash, or is the dollar gonna not matter? And we're supposed to be putting all of our cash in the bank? Are we supposed to be? We don't even know. We don't know what's going on. Should we be buying Bitcoin currency? Do we care about any of this? And everything's just gonna go back to normal, and it doesn't even matter. Should we get some chickens for our backyards again? Should we have goats? A garden. 500 gallons of gasoline. (laughs) Rainwater. (laughs) What should we do? We don't know, but we're trying to figure it out. Our husbands are trying to... Kind of. I don't really know. That's how the week feels. Mm -hmm. That's how my week has felt. Yep. Tim Um, Tim this morning goes... No, I think it was last night. He goes, so how much do you want to move to Arkansas? (laughs) And I was like, um... (laughs) I don't want to move to Arkansas. And he was like, well, like, how, like, 
desirous is it? And I'm like, it's not desirous. Like, I, I don't... We know that there's some friends who live in Arkansas right now, and if you're one of them and you're listening, we love you. But, <laughs> Chip, let me see if I can find it. Did he find more properties in Arkansas? No. Um... I wonder if this is... Chip found something that said... Um, was this the one? Reasons to move to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, don't worry. We're not only thinking about moving to Arkansas. We're also throwing around the idea of Texas, Michigan, northern Arizona. What's that one island? <laughs> I don't... Oh, I don't even remember the Some name of it. random island. Um, There's another country that people have suggestions for. I don't for. know if I'm going to be able to find his his article, but as he was reading the... It, it was specifically, apparently, a list of why you should move to Arkansas. Okay. But as he's reading it, I'm like, are you sure this isn't, like... Why you shouldn't? <laughs> that was the first question. And he said, no, it's why you shouldn't. I said, are you sure it's not just, like, things you should know before you move to Arkansas? And he's like, no, it's reasons why you should move to Arkansas. But it was things like, just so you know, it gets really, really humid here. And sometimes it gets to be 110 with humidity. And I'm like, that's why we shouldn't. I... Yeah. The next reason, like, bring bug spray. I'm like... I hear they I'm have a lot of snakes, still too. still having trouble understanding how this is supposed to be convincing me to move there. I think maybe he... I think he was just wrong. <laughs> You're calling him out like that on the podcast, Danny? Yes, because I'm... <clears throat> I, I think I just found the article. And what does it say? 22 things you need to know first. Oh, okay. But I, to give him the benefit of the doubt, I I searched reasons to move to Arkansas. Okay, all right. And then the article, though, says... Pops up. 22 things you need to know first. And that's what I said. Are you sure it's not just things you need to yeah. know first? Um, float trips down the river are better than any pool day. I'm like, well, we used to have float trips down the river here, too. Until Governor Ducey shut that down. Yeah. There's rotary tiller races. Um. Okay, question. Totally off topic, but are there any other churches meeting? The only ones I knew of have now closed again. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, in Arizona, I'm asking. Not outside. Maybe that one. Well... Yes, um, I know that our basement girls' church is meeting. Oh, they are? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. Well, it makes me feel better that there's other options. Um, I won't call them out like I won't. Yeah. But our basement girl doesn't go to our church, and she goes to church. And, and they're meeting? Well, good. All right. And I bet that the one we met at... Yes, they were still... meeting. The church that we currently meet at, are they meeting? I don't think they've started meeting again. I don't even think they started meeting again when we right, no, started they, moving back. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> okay. 
now that we've gotten that cleared up. Anyway, <laughs> the things I need to know about Arkansas were not super convincing. Not that I would never move there, but... I said to Tim, I'm like, if you and Chip spent time praying about it and came up with a plan and felt strongly that's what we needed to do, I would do it, and I would have a good attitude about it. But am I, like, planning and hoping that you come up with that? No. <laughs> yeah. I feel so. different in every moment, yes. every day. I feel like different days, I'm like, oh, we got to go. We got to go somewhere. And then other days, I'm like, oh, we can't leave. Everything is totally fine, actually. Yeah. So. I don't know how any of you guys out there on podcast land world are feeling, but how was your week? It was good. Um, I had a sick kid um, who... My oldest wasn't feeling well for a few days. Had a fever, but it was very mild, like mild overall, not a big, she didn't feel horrible. Um, We took her to get a coronavirus test today just to know, you know, did we have to quarantine for our whole families for weeks or did we just need to, you know, stay home while she was sick or, you know, what do we need to do so that was negative so that's great um and yeah she's already feeling better and on the mend not like feeling 100 percent, but she's, she's doing better very close yes so i bet yeah. she'll wake up tomorrow feeling i think she will too yep so that kind of threw our week off a little bit. I had planned on, like, starting full. Kind of threw that. both of our weeks off because, yes. which is fine. Yeah. Not like, yeah, your kid threw up both of our weeks. Threw up? Threw Threw uh, off? Threw off. <laughs> threw She uh, didn't throw up. Said threw, uh, it was an uh. Oh. But we were supposed to do a pool party Wednesday night and a play date today and a play date tomorrow and... We canceled everything, which was good because now when my kids has a fever, so we we come in this issue of because our families do so much together. When one of our families is sick, and we've already been clearly exposed, it feels like do we all not do anything? Like do we treat us as one family, even though we are distinct families? But when it comes to sickness, it feels like well, we feel. Like, we are more than just your average, oh, our friends are sick, but not quite yeah. the level of, um, one of my kids is sick. But it is rare that one of our families gets sick and we've been around each other and the other families don't. It's true. We do. We're very good at sharing. Yeah. Including germs. Yep. So, <clears throat> but at least we know it's not coronavirus, so that's helpful yes and yeah so our life will be shut down for a few more days at least yeah depending on how many more victims get the the sickies fever yeah um well we actually pre-talked about a topic which we tried not to pre-talk about the topic. I basically, right before we were going to start this episode, I was pumping and asked him, like, what do you think we should talk about? And he tells me his idea, and I was like, oh, 
I was going to talk about something totally different. And he's like, well, this week you could talk about this. And next week you could talk about that. So I was planning on dropping it on Danny without telling her what we were going to talk about beforehand. And then she guessed it. And so we talked about it beforehand. But you don't know about my next week topic. And but we it, haven't dropped the topic on you all yet. Yes. I feel like when it's a semi-controversial topic, it feels like I need to, like, pre-talk about it with you. So. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> next week's topic is also controversial that I think we should pre-talk about at a time. Ooh. Just a warning. Great. So. Our topic this week. Dun, dun, dun. What, how are you going to say it? The way you said it. Which was what? Very broad in general. Okay. Parenting. Yeah. Was what we you came said, from two completely different upbringings as far as <clears throat> what it looks like to, like what it was looking, what it looked like for you as a child, um, as far as discipline. Discipline. Yes. Um, and what that was and looked like and I was brought up in a different way as well and so what that looks like for us now and what we feel like is biblical and we execute it perfectly every time (laughs) no Um, I was going to look up verses and then I forgot oh but well I will just start off by saying I, in when I first became a parent, definitely had one mindset um, that was that was very much founded off of emotionalism and what I felt was right based on how I felt about it, um, and that was very closely related to like attachment parenting. Like I think I even told Tim. Like, there's no way I would spank my child, like, over my dead body. Would we ever do that? Like, it just, no. I, so I was not just like, no, I don't really want to do that. I was, like, were there very against there, it. You would say there were no, you couldn't think of any scenarios. Like, there, because I feel like there's some people who are like, we don't spank. But if there was this... Mm-hmm. You know, my kid was in danger or something like that. No, I was very much... When I had my second child, I was very much trying to go the attachment parenting, gentle parenting, passive parenting route. Short-lived, granted. It was a very short journey down <laughs> that route. Um, but it was around that time that I had a friend. And my kids were... Three and one, maybe? Like, they were young. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had a friend bring up, like, biblical reasons for spanking. And I remember Tim was very much, like, going down that route of, like... So that was here in Arizona? It was in Arizona. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, It might have even been before Cade was one. Like, he was a baby baby. Um, When Tim... How was Tim raised? Did his parents speak? Yes. I don't know how often. Like, I don't know if... But it, it wasn't as... It 
I don't think it was like a super structured right. Okay. I, but I don't know for that for sure. Huh. Um, but Tim, he was fine not spanking until it got really convicted him on on it, and then my friend started talking to me about it, and um, it was something that was. I got to a point where I felt like, okay, I know this is biblical, but I, A, have no clue what it looks like, practically speaking, and B, I don't feel like I can do it, like, emotionally. Like, I don't feel like I could do that to my kid. Mm -hmm. So, those were, like, even one I knew, even once, like, God showed me in his word, word how it was biblical and right, the right thing to do, I still had those two hang-ups of, like... Well, I don't know. I don't know what this is supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anyone in my life at that time who did, except my one friend, who did spank their kids in in a biblical way. And so it just didn't understand, like, what that was supposed to look like. I knew you could do it in ways that were wrong. I knew you could do it in ways that were not biblical. I knew you could do it in ways that were abusive. And so I just felt like I don't know where to start with this. Like, I don't know how to... begin with this and it felt like it was breaking my heart to like even think about doing that Mm -hmm. so that was where I was that was like my starting place of it and where I first came at it from where I came at it from both Chip and I grew up in homes where spanking was discipline that was used but it was always done I don't ever remember being spanked in a way where I felt like my parents didn't love me and care about me Mm -hmm. and want to protect me and I mean they did a really good job of um I just think living it out in in the right way Mm -hmm. and so I never I guess I couldn't understand why people made such a big deal about spanking Mm -hmm. being bad and why you wouldn't do it. Because it's not like as a kid it didn't, like, there wasn't the sting of getting spanked Mm -hmm. and there wasn't the, I mean, what's the right word? Um, It's always hard to be disciplined, to be corrected, Mm -hmm. to be talked about No one likes it at the time. Like, you're always, you've always done something to dishonor your parents or dishonor the Lord. Mm -hmm. That is, so there's always going to be some amount of having to face that. Right. That isn't a fun part of it. Mm -hmm. But as far as feeling, I don't feel that my parents ever abused it or... Mm-hmm. Um, unnecessarily shamed me <clears throat> yeah. or and so for me it just always was like well of course like you need discipline and and you had the example of what that look how to do that biblically right because that's how you guys grew up and so it was right was it really a thing you had to really wrestle with right <clears throat> um so what are we talking about as like what why <clears throat> why do you feel like it's biblical to spank I believe that oh I I believe that when Proverbs talks about the rod of correction mm-hmm. that 
there is it gives grounds for using a form of corporal punishment Mm -hmm. um i don't think it's meaning in an abusive way i don't think it's meaning in an overly harsh way i don't think it's meaning in a way that is out of anger or out of your own frustration Mm -hmm. but i do think that it the best way i can explain it is that for a young child who can't understand the necessarily the um what am i trying to the word i'm trying to think of what consequences you can't have a conversation where they're going to be able to always think through Mm -hmm. what the consequences of something are going to be but they can very much experience like a sting from a spank being a consequence Mm -hmm. to an action Mm -hmm. so it's teaching them there are unwanted consequences to our actions right that we can point to and um and just show them that there's Mm -hmm. i don't know I think that it also come like we have to ask ourselves like what do we think God disciplines us? Right. Do we think God allows painful hard things into our life and uses those things to teach us? And if we don't believe that, then that's like a whole different conversation, but I think I think the people who would say God would never think it's okay to spank a child have a different view on what god uh, how god interacts with um us and when it comes to hard trials right that it's like satan's just attacking us and giving us these hard things and god is just defenseless and has to just let them happen so in hebrews 12 now i'm looking up the verses that i didn't look up before. Um, there's Hebrews 12, 5 says, And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves, loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And I think it is important to... We all can see this playing out in our own lives and in ways that we feel like God has disciplined us. And I think when we think back to the garden and being when Adam and Eve were in fellowship with God and the beauty that that was, I think Douglas and Nancy Wilson talk a lot about 
trying to create an atmosphere in your home that is garden-like and that is that your kids want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And so then when sin happens and they're broken off from that fellowship with you in the in the home because of sin, that that fellowship needs to be restored and, and they desire for they it want to it to be restored right because it's pleasant to live in fellowship right um and that would happen through discipline it would happen through repentance that would happen through um, forgiveness right and so all of those things take place to, in order to restore them and i think i've just seen a lot of beauty in um you know a child doing something that needed to be corrected and they needed to be disciplined over and going through the process of taking them back in the bedroom, disciplining them, talking about their sin, talking about Jesus, talking about the gospel, and then them seeking forgiveness and then being able to just hug them and love them and joyously celebrate the fact that we're now restored. Our relationship isn't broken anymore. That redemption is had because of forgiveness, because of ultimately Jesus and what he has done to bring reconciliation. So what would you say to the person who argues, well, then you're just teaching them that the spanking is their atonement for their sin and how do they how do you teach them that it's Christ's atonement that we need for our sins not you have to be spanked to pay for your sin Mm -hmm. well I think over time too I mean I I wouldn't continue spanking my 13 year old like I that there's different degrees and times in which different disciplines would take place depending on and i think that's where i've never i've always tried to explain to my kids that the spanking isn't isn't their um them paying for their sin right it's not that's where i'm careful what i going back to what i had talked about as trying to teach them about consequences, mm-hmm. that there's consequences to our actions right. and there's painful consequences to our actions. And we need to be thinking about what we're doing and we need to be walking in a way that's honoring the Lord because there will be painful consequences. Right. So when you're 16 and you make bad choices, yes, I might not be there with the wooden spoon to spank you and have that sting come, but there's going to be painful consequences. Right. And, and I think practically speaking, the older they are, the more... Th- natural consequences come right and the more conversations that can be had to think through these things as they're older um but the younger they are it's just like you were saying it's so hard for a two-year-old to wrap their mind around why they can't just run out in the middle of the street right like why can't they just do that if they feel like it like and do i want them to learn the consequence of getting hit by a car no, I want them to heed their mother's and father's instruction and obey what I tell them to. Right, but okay, so you just brought up a topic that is, well, of course you would spank them for something like that, where it's like they're endangering themselves, like it's a very serious issue, you don't run in the road, but why would you spank your kid if they if they touch something and you tell them not to that it's really not a big deal like they touch 
Because we're either training our kids to obey what we say or we're training them to not listen to what we say. Right. So we have to be consistent in that. And that's why I would also argue against the like, I'm going to count to three until you. And then once I get to three, if you didn't do whatever I asked you to do, then you're going to be then you're going to be spanked. I would I think that you're just training your kids to disobey you and delay their obedience. So I would say obedience is to test the boundaries. Right. Yes. I mean, all of them will get to three and I mean, I've heard parents. It's like one, two, two and, two and a half. half. Like, I told you, once I get to three, I'm gonna discipline you. Like, yeah. Where that's not what we want to teach them. We want to teach them to obey without delay, without excuse, and without challenge. And that's what we tell our kids. It's not just you obey you, but you do it cheerfully. You do it right away when we say it. And you do it without challenging us. Now, that doesn't mean that our kids can't ask questions about right. something we're asking them to do. Um, we're happy to, like, have our kids ask questions about that. But challenge, what that looks like in my two-year-old is, like, I say, I want you to go do this. And they look at me and do a stare down, like, defiant. I'm not going to do that. And then maybe after, like, a few minutes they do. That's still disobedience. Like, because they're doing it. They're delaying it, but they're also challenging, like, are you really going to do anything about it? Right. Um, Yes. And I think one thing that I have gotten to see the beauty of that we I just kind of had to trust was going to be the process from yeah. my own experience and from others encouraging me is that when these things are implemented when your children are young it does leave room for conversation for questions mm-hmm. for for more um, just uh, there's like disciplining as they're young and then there's um, discipling them as mm-hmm. they get older. And if you already have that groundwork mm-hmm. of them being willing to listen to you, then you're able to listen to them and have conversations where you can right. discuss the pros and cons of things. And-, and ultimately, we don't want our kids to obey us because we say so. We want our kids to obey us because God puts us in authority over them. But God, God is their to ult- do that. Right. And God is their ultimate authority. Like Right. And so God gives them the command to obey their parents. Right. So when they disobey us, it's not necessarily just in whatever they disobeyed us in. It's that they've disobeyed God because right. they're disobeying us. And right. that actually puts a lot of weight on you as the parent. Yes. When you understand that and you know that and you you seek to live that out faithfully. Mm-hmm. Now you're not just making arbitrary rules to your convenience and your right. whatever. Like you have to be very careful to not give instruction that is just based on your whims and mm-hmm. that you can follow through with the consequences. So mm-hmm. I better not tell my child to not do something that I'm not then that there's not reason to then spank them over if they disobey right. it. Right. So. I'm trying to think of an example, but I mean, if your kid's just like dancing around the living room and being a little bit noisy, but there's really no reason for them to not be, I mean. Other than you're just annoyed by them yeah, doing that. You're just think trying to think about something else. And maybe there are times to ask them to please stop, 
But there's right. other times that it's like, there's, this really just comes down to my own selfishness. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not doing yes. anything wrong at all. And it's just my comfort level over theirs. Like, mm-hmm. And so if you tell them to stop and then they don't stop, well, now they've disobeyed you. And are you ready to discipline them for that? Because they've disobeyed God and disobeying you, but mm-hmm. you really were setting forth yeah. something for them to do that wasn't yeah. worthy of, like, you wouldn't want to spank them over. You wouldn't, they weren't right. doing anything wrong. And so that that can become really challenging. It just... I don't remember the quote or who said it, but just the idea of it's the times that you, like, want to spank your kids that you shouldn't, and the times that you don't want to, then you should. Right. And that idea... And not to say that when you, you want to spank your kid, you never sh- should Right, but that, them, like, but when you want to spank them because you're so angry, or irritated, or annoyed, whatever. and you just want them to stop doing what they're doing, so I want to spank them, is when you should not be you spanking need to them. You need to change your, your own heart. heart attitude yeah. and... And there still might be something underlying that they do need to be disciplined over. Right. But right. you need to make sure you are right in mm-hmm. what you're doing first. And a lot of this comes down to uh, setting clear expectations for our families and what 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 rules they even have. Um, and so that they know what the rules are and the expectations are. And you know what the rules are and the expectations are. So when it gets disobeyed or not done it's like everyone knows that that was disobedience and it's obvious and they know that they're going to get a spanking over it you know that you need to spank them over it and right it's not a confusion on that yes and that takes training Mm -hmm. and for chip and i i know that was a huge it does it seems so logical like well of course if you're going to tell them not to do something you should have trained them on how they should be behaving or whatever but it's really hard to learn how that all looks and and i think sometimes we just think our kids won't understand so then we just don't talk to them like people and explain things to them like people Mm -hmm. and we just either expect them to know something which we've never taught them or trained them on or we just think that they're they have no concept of understanding it at all i do think there's also i mean we've gotten to experience it several times now and i think the more you experience it the more confident you become in it is there's that tricky age Mm -hmm. where they are old enough to be very knowingly defiant and disobedient but they aren't at a level where they're talking yet, where they can communicate, and you're you're like, I know they okay. understand, but... We're talking about two different ages. Oh. I'm thinking of another one in my mind, but you keep going with yours, because there's two problem ages I've, I've experienced. Okay, so the first one I'm thinking of is the right, like... Right, out of babyhood into yes, toddlerhood. Like 14 to 16 month age is when it starts. Yes, where you're like, they're being defiant, but they also can't, you can't communicate with them like well, you, and can. you can't. You almost can't remove them from the situation because the second you pick them up and start to carry them away from whatever they're touching that you just told them not to touch, their mind is like, 
gone from that. Right. They're like, oh, where are we going? What are we doing? Right. And yes. you don't feel like you can take them into the room and be like, do you remember out there when you were touching the outlet? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. They're they're still like yes. very little, but in the moment of it, when they're looking at you and you're like, "Don't touch that," and you and they're know like they know, smiling and and yeah. they like look at you and then they touch it, like, "What uh-huh. you gonna do about it?" Yeah, there's very much so that always that first little bit is always just so like but, because we don't love to spank with our hands. We mm-hmm. think it's better if we can use a, an instrument between us and the child mm-hmm. um, use our hands for loving things for and have there be for a couple of reasons one just so they're not associating that they ever need to fear our hands two for accountability mm-hmm. if we don't spank with our hand and we need to go get something else it really puts that safeguard up that you were talking about uh-huh. of, of not just smacking them because yes. we're frustrated and yeah. doing that in a sinful way mm-hmm. and just being sinful and abusive. Mm-hmm. We don't advocate for that. And so it definitely gives a there an a extra level of intentionality mm-hmm. that you have to have. And, and work. like And time to yes. like cool down mm-hmm. and pray about your own heart and your own intentions. And yes, yeah, so... But it feels really difficult when it's that touching, especially yeah. that touching stage in the beginning. But I would say the beginning years of disciplining is the most time in- intensive and yes. in, is the most demanding, exhausting, but also like the most important. Yes. It's like the foundation, foundation on which you're setting up your parenting right. with that child. I mean... It's, it's crucial to do that well. And I do think doing that consistency consistently and well at the early years does help to prevent the what I'm going to talk about next, which is the, f- I've found, five-year-old struggle. <laughs> um, which, thus far, I've only had three kids... Who have met that age. Mm-hmm. Um, but I... We've only... Done the... Consistently disciplined at the early, early young years with none of them. Right. <laughs> like, none of those three. None of those three. And so I feel like we would run into with those three when they get to be five. And we were being more consistent with disciplining. There was just this, it was a really, really hard struggle um, for them and for us to know what that was supposed to look like because it felt like they were missing an entire like piece of the puzzle of what this, what they were supposed to understand. Um, But even just my other younger kids who are four and two, even just setting them up now the way that we have, I feel like, not to say it won't be hard when they're five, but they just have a different foundation mm-hmm. than my other kids got in consistently disciplining, and they understand things in a different way, I think, that my older kids got to, because we were, even all, like I said earlier, like, when we had the two kids really young, and I first got the first started convicting us about spanking, we weren't consistently doing that. We were doing it for the, like, 
big things. running in the road offenses type of thing. Or when things got so crazy out of control. Yes. That it was like we don't even know what else to do. Right. But we weren't consistently being diligent in disciplining until our fourth child um, came around. But I say consistently loosely because. It's always a struggle. It's always, I find that there's always, what did you call it? What, it was based off of, I think, the Douglas Wilson book. There was like a. I don't know. Period of. You you said it. I think you said like no. of disciplining and discipling. No no no, that's Vody Bacham. Oh. I'm talking about recently. You said we're gonna have like a like a reign of terror, but that's no, that is it. Is it? It is. <laughs> Douglas Wilson that sounds so much worse than like what we're saying. I think though. it is what he says. Okay. Douglas Wilson does talk about a reign of terror where. He, I'm pretty sure that's not what he says. Now I'm going to feel like a dumbo if that's not what he says. <laughs> Something along those lines. But that's what we call it. Um, he does talk about sitting your kid. If you haven't been consistently disciplining and it's not something that has ever been like a or norm. It in your was house, a norm. Yes. And right. It, it's easy when things are going well. To just start letting little things slide yes, yes. and little things slide more and little things slide more until all of a sudden you're like, what is happening? I have done a terrible job at this. And it's important to sit your kids down and repent of that. It's important before God to come to them and say, we are really, mom and dad are really sorry for the ways that we have failed you and not consistently disciplining. We have not done that a service to you in that. And we have sinned against God by not um, being consistent in this way and just talk about that and let them know that. Because when you really think about what your role is as a parent, Mm -hmm. our role is to be disciplining and training our children before God. Yeah. And so when we are loose about that and we're not consistent, that's not, I think so many people think of this as like, oh, will you spank kids so you can manufacture the results to make your life easier or something like that. Which should not be our motivation for spanking them at all. No. And there is a joy and a peace that comes from being, from from disciplining and training your children. Mm-hmm. And from, like you said, being in fellowship with one another. Yeah. And not having broken relationship mm-hmm. because things were dealt with. Right. Because children are shown the consequences of their action mm-hmm. and... They are held accountable and, but yes. So you were saying when we have it so, done that consistently, there's, we need to repent of that before God. We need to repent mm-hmm. of that before, before our, our children kids. and we need to let them and know. Then and then what re- the expectation re- will be. So Douglas right. Wilson talks about like telling them, setting them up for like, we're going to go through this period. I think he calls it a rain of terror. Maybe I'm wrong. That but sounds really not like what? I know, but setting your kids up. The expectations and clearly saying, so, for We know the we next, have been negligent about... Yes. So, for right now... Disciplining you when you don't... When you don't obey. The first time we say it, and, and be very, very clear on, like, what that's going to look we're like. We're not going to give you 12 chances. Even yes, though I'm not going to say... We have not been spanking you for this... Consistently, we are going to start doing that. Yes, so and then be ready for that. Just be ready. I mean, we would. 
make sure that we had spanking spoons ready, make sure we had verses printed out to discuss with them. And we just mentally geared ourselves up for like that was what we were going to be doing. And we're not saying that there's never times you show grace in situations. Yes. But you have to actively be understanding that you are showing grace in the situation Mm -hmm. and you're explaining that to your child, Mm -hmm. not just... Oh, I don't feel like getting off the couch. Or go I'm gonna uh, call that grace. Show them some grace because this it's time. not grace. No. It's not. It's no. not. You're not doing any, your kids any favors no. at all. So our laziness and sinfulness is hurting our kids, right? And it's a detriment to them. It's not a grace to them. And so we have to we have to take the roles God has given us as parents seriously and we have to be willing to do hard things for the good of our kids so that they can learn to to honor their fathers and their mothers and to um obey god and what he has commanded and that does start when they're young and like I said earlier, as they get older, that does, like, change into more of a, I think Vody Bauckham talks about, like, a discipling type of role where, yeah, you still might spank him, but the amount and frequency of the spanking go down as the training and discipling goes up, as they're able to comprehend not, more. Not necessi- the training should be alongside yes, from yes, the beginning. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the discipling and being able to... Have the conversations with them and then be able to understand more. Right. And comprehend more of that. Um, I think alongside this, it's also important that we are um, being quick to love our children all the time, to Mm -hmm. give them good things, to enjoy them. So that they can trust us, so that they do trust us, so that when we say, when we give them instructions to obey, even if they don't understand it and they don't know why, it's something that's confusing to them. It doesn't seem right. like a good thing to them. Um, something that is not normal. Like, mm-hmm. say they're always allowed to open the front door when the doorbell rings, but you've seen someone walking up to the door that you don't feel comfortable with them opening the door and you tell them, don't open the door. They need to be able to trust you that yes. even if they are always allowed to open the door and you're telling them now not to, that they don't open it. Mm-hmm. And so I think they can, they trust their parents. And that goes and back to like setting up a house that is garden-like, a house that has love and joy and fellowship and with one another. And even taking and the time to explain things like that, mm-hmm. to, to tell them. Do mommy and daddy treat you well? Do mommy and daddy love you? Do you trust us? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I understand that there's going to be people who listen to this and who say that, and who have had abusive backgrounds and pasts yeah, for sure. that have had people manipulate and use use similar methods mm-hmm. to to abuse and manipulate. Mm-hmm. But because someone uses something good for evil doesn't mean that we shouldn't still use it in a good right. and right context. Yes. Um, but with that, again, we talk about the weight of responsibility parents have. We have to be checking our hearts 
And we have to be repenting of sin when we are in sin towards our kids. We have to be quick to repent to them as just as much as they need as they sin against us and we we teach them what it looks like to recognize their sin mm-hmm. and to need to ask for forgiveness. Right. We model that to our kids in when we sin against them or when we sin against our husbands in front of them. Yes. Or whatever that we have to be quick to repent, quick to seek reconciliation and forgiveness. So, do you have anything to add to that? Um, there was something else I was thinking of, but I, I'm I'm kind of struggling to remember it now. So, maybe everyone who's listening to this feels like Oh, I was going to say, let's talk about the practical practical application of this. Okay. What does it look Because I know that was something you didn't know. Mm-hmm. What yeah, I was going to like also and... want to talk about resources that we've found helpful, like yeah. books and things that... Mm-hmm. So, practical application. What does it look like? Go. Well, so, your child... Um, trying to think of a... Give me a scenario. My child hits another child. What do you do? I mean, this this would this scenario would depend on the age of the child and what training. Okay, you've do you done. want me to give you like specifics of ages and stuff? Well, I just mean you have to. There would have to be the background that you've already discussed with them that we don't hit. Yes, that that's not mm-hmm. loving our neighbor. Mm-hmm. And so, with that understanding that you've trained them in in that mm-hmm. I would ask my child to go we we take our kids to a specific room for discipline mm-hmm. we take them away from the context of everyone else mm-hmm. we don't the goal is not public humiliation right so it's handled privately mm-hmm. so we take the child um, we would discuss with this is not Abby's kid doing this, and now I'm disappointed. <laughs> Let's just make that clear. <laughs> oh, yes. you started out the scenario with my kid hits someone, and now I'm, like, oh, taking okay. over. No, a kid hits. My, my Your child. kid hits one of your other kids. Right. Go. So we take the child who needs to be disciplined. We talk to them about loving our neighbor, about how that is not honoring God. Um, we show them in the Bible where God has that and we we talk about consequences and we say because of the choices you made then there are consequences in that mm-hmm. and we for us we use a spanking paddle and we spank on a bare bottom mm-hmm. and um, we give them a swat it's quick Sometimes two, sometimes three. If it's and usually we'll say like I'm going to give you two swats now, and it's not like a beating. It's not typically. I mean, some of my kids need a little bit more of a sting than others. Some of them, it's like I don't even feel like you even barely touch the limit. I there. know, and it, it's just the process of it yes. is breaking their heart and yeah, and causing them to recognize what they the consequences of what they've done, the fellowship that they've broken. Mm -hmm. And then we talk about 
I usually pray with them. We talk about needing to seek forgiveness and um, we go and, and seek that that restoration of the relationship with the sibling. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's done, It like I said, some of the key elements are it's done not out publicly mm-hmm. in front of mm-hmm. people. Um, it's not done in a way to shame them. Mm-hmm. It's done using God's word as a foundation. That it's God who commands them to honor their father and mother, and if they do, it will go well with them. Right. Not... I said not to do this, and right. you didn't listen to me, and so now I'm spanking you. Right. Um, and then making sure that you're praying, that you're hugging them, that you're holding them, that you're comforting mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. and that that there is that restoration of, of fellowship between mm-hmm. you and them, between the other, other party in them. Yeah. And... Um, so, and some some kids, it's very infrequent, and they pick up and understand really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. And then there's others who don't. Yes, and those are the ones that it's really, it can really hard. Feel very wearing, mm-hmm. and it really. I mean, I think though, as parents, what it should do is push us even more towards seeking the Lord for help mm-hmm. and. And being consistent. It's harder on our kids to not, to be in sin and not to be disciplining them often or every once in a while we'll discipline them for something because then they have no idea what to expect. They have no idea whether doing this is going to result in pain or maybe sometimes it's not. So I'm just going to take my chance. Right. You know? Yep. So there's that. Some resources we found especially helpful. I think because I didn't grow up understanding this well, having a, a biblical example of this, um, and Tim and I both didn't really know what it was supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, we did rely heavily on resources and talking to other people about like practically what does that look like. Um, but some things that we found that were helpful. Um, Douglas Wilson and Nancy Wilson have a Q&A on YouTube. You can type in, like... It's Why Children Matter. Oh, Q&A. Why Children Matter Q&A. Isn't there another one, too? That's, like, the more recent one. I think there was an older one. Oh. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, you can look that up. Anyway, if it, you type into the YouTube... The only one I've listened to is the one after his sermon series. Maybe it was that. Which was that, which came out before the book. Okay. Maybe. Anyway, um, yeah, you're right. He does a sermon series, Why Children Matter. There's a Why Children Matter Q&A session, and there's, like, multiple things, multiple videos on that. That Those were incredibly helpful, um, and there's a lot of content there that you can watch. Um, I think it's really, really, really important that husbands and wives are on the same page with this. It's crucial. It's vital. Like, you have to be united um, as husbands and wives on this issue. So I think it's good to be watching these and, like, studying and praying about this with your husband um, and and asking them for counsel on how this how they want you to do this practically and what that looks like. And... Um, uh, Vodi Bakum's 
Vodi Bauckham's book, yeah. Family Driven Faith. Faith Driven Family. <laughs> As you can tell, we've been really prepared with these resources. We really had this all. Vodi Bauckham is V O D D I E. Bauckham is B A U C H. A.M. A.M. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how you spell his name. He has a bunch of... Family-driven faith. Family-driven faith. Great. Um, and he also has, I know, for us, an encouragement we still listen to is there's a sermon um, that he does, Centrality of the Home, mm-hmm. that you can search on YouTube. Family-driven faith is a book, though. Um, Paul David Tripp has a bunch of like parenting sermons and books but his brother Ted Tripp isn't it his brother? I believe so. Um, is Shepherding a Child's Heart which is also another book. That one was probably the very first book we ever read and we've read it multiple times but it was the first book Tim read that really helped him have practical application of what this looks like. Um, he also wrote another one with his wife later that I haven't read but I've heard is really good that is um, instructing a child child's heart oh okay um, so there's shepherding a child's heart and then instructing a child's heart okay but Paul David Tripp his brother has parenting um, 14 gospel principles that can radically change your family um um, we also use the, I think it's called the tr- Child Training Bible. Um, oh. And the Children's Training Bible. Yeah, what is that called? I'm looking at it. I'm trying to figure it out. Um, no, it's not that. Let me see. Okay, I think it's the Child training bible kit but it's not on amazon maybe they took it down um anyway what that is is um it has like cards yeah you can go to trainingbible.com and there's cards that go with it but then there's also these like tabs that you like basically take a bible and mark up the whole bible with like things that Verses that fit with, you know, defiance or dishonesty or I wonder if they like had to get rid of it or something. Um, but it's just a, it's a great you obviously could also just do this yourself um, of like finding verses that fit with different sin issues. What did you say to go to? Child training Bible. Oh, child training Bible. I don't know that you said <laughs> What did I say? I think you just said training Bible. Maybe I missed oh. child. Childtrainingbible.com. There's like... Trainingbible.com oh. is different. So there's like um, cards that have different things that um, cause... Cool, that's me. I think this is where we ordered ours from. And there's also... Apparently there's also a virtue training Bible. Yes, so you have, have a Bible. Together. You get 
highlighters, you get tabs, and you mark up the whole Bible with things like verses that talk about fear, verses that talk about impatience, jealousy, laziness, lying, not listening, disobedience, anger, defiance, pride, like tons and tons of different topics. But that way, when you're going to discipline your child for one of these issues, you can grab your Bible, grab one of the colored tabs, and flip to verses that talk about laziness or verses that talk about anger and be able to read these verses and... um, So you're not in the moment that you're flustered and knowing, I know that there are verses verses that talk talk about about this this, and I don't have them all memorized and how am I going to show these to my children? Right, especially when you're like in the middle of a situation. So we found that that was really helpful. Um, Those were really the main things I thought of as we were talking. Yeah, those were... Um, But also just reaching out and having discussions with friends that you know that are seeking to honor God with training their kids up in this way and I think that for us it was crucial really to have friends that we knew could model this for us friends that we knew when we we could come to when we did have the kids that were like the really 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 hard kids and it felt like is this are there even is there even going to be fruit from this? It feels like all I'm doing is thinking them. Do they even really understand? Is this really what we're supposed to be doing? I hate this. Like all of that. Um, just having other friends to be able to talk that out with and. Yep. So. We also understand that there's a lot of different situations. Um, I know that. I do know that for people who do foster care and adopt and things like that, that there's a whole different element that I don't pretend to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, even just trying to make sure you're following guidelines that you right. need to. And yeah. um, I don't know that I, I'm not saying that I necessarily agree that that's what the guidelines are all the time, but I'm right. saying I know that you may not be able to even practice and live out something quite in the way you would normally want to Mm -hmm. because you're you're walking fine lines sometimes so right um anyway yes talk to you but it takes perseverance it's not an overnight and really honestly this is something that i mean have your husband listen to this episode. Don't try to take this on if you're a woman and you're listening to this and this isn't something implemented in your house. Don't just... This needs to be something that is done Yeah. as a family before United God. United and maybe just start by getting one of the books we suggested and try to read that together and talk about it. I don't know. So. Yep. There you go. We love your feedback. Send us a message. And to be very vulnerable and honest, I don't know if Abby feels this way or not, but even putting this out there in in the climate and culture we live in, is really intimidating for me. Oh, yeah. That's why I felt like I had to talk to you about it before we talked about it, is because... Just so that everyone realizes that we're not just flippantly, like, oh, yeah. I mean, we definitely feel convicted that this is right and that this is God-honoring, but we we understand the controversial nature nature of it. We understand the... um, just the implications that people could 
try to attach to it. That yeah, and we also understand that people are coming at this from like completely from a lot of different angles. And, yeah, a lot of different emotions, a lot of different. And again, we don't presume to understand every single person's situation, but there is a foundation that we can apply in God's word that we can take these biblical principles, and they might have different methods as far as how we. Right, that practical, right. that practical guidelines we gave you at the end was so that you what would have anywhere to start with yes. how can this look, but right. that's something that is very much something how that we're applying. your wife needs to yes. learn what they're, and we don't do everything exactly the same, no. and so anyway, just, just throwing that out there, that mm-hmm. we definitely understand the that this is kind of a taboo subject and yeah so next week will be even more taboo Ooh, i can't wait to know dun 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 maybe not maybe i'll tell you about it and you're gonna be like uh no we're not talking about that we'll find out all right stay tuned bye